0: What do you say, Mr. Stacy?
1: I'm gonna put you on speakerphone, huh? Okay, cool. Alright, I'm here.
0: Word man. How you doing?
1: <clears throat> Alright, I'm about 90%.
0: Yeah, yeah. I first met Stacy Moore through the music industry. My band used to play shows with his back in the early Oddies, but Stacy isn't just one of the best country guitarists that I've ever had the chance to work with. He makes his living as a contractor that inspects federal and municipally funded buildings. And that requires him to travel all over the country, constantly. And it was on those travels that he came down with COVID-19. From Dirty Spoon Media, you're listening to Home Fried, stories to keep you informed and entertained during the COVID-19 lockdown. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and today we talk with another survivor of the virus. As of now, 19,600 people have died in this epidemic in this country and over 104,000 worldwide. Stacy is one of the 29,000 that have recovered here. I'll let him do the talking.
1: Yeah, so I work for a uh, construction, environmental, and energy due diligence engineering company. We travel around the country and we help with the underwriting processes that happen with uh, financing uh, low-income housing communities and it could be multifamily, it could be elderly and disabled and it could be um, skilled nursing facilities as well and hospitals so it's kind of like a building inspector for a single family home that you call because the bank needs to um, know more about you house before you get alone we do the same thing for uh, those populations
0: okay huh and where were where were you cuz you work all over the country right you travel everywhere
1: <clears throat> yeah pretty much yeah i've worked all over coast to coast I was working in boston uh on the north side and um it was a elderly and disabled section 8 tower building you know it's like elevators it's really tall mm-hmm. um, a lot of people who are, who are older, a lot of people who are on oxygen, a lot of people, you know, who have chronic um, conditions, you know, so that's the kind of place it was. And uh, I was flying home from, from Boston, and I, I saw a lady walk around the airport with a mask on. This was mid-March. And uh, I just noticed she was the only lady uh, with, with a mask on. And this plane that I was flying back from Boston on was on standby. So whole plane boarded and i had an empty seat next to me well here comes the lady with the mask and she comes and plops down beside me <laughs> brutal so I, said, so I said so i said are you sick and she's like yeah i'm not feeling too good uh, i was like yeah that's i'm sorry i hope you feel better and then she removes her mask and offers me some swedish fish and uh <laughs> All I could do was thank her, no thanks, you know, and I, I, I just put my headphones on and just leaned up against the window of the plane and uh, just turned on some music and I was, I, I knew, I, I knew that, you know, this wasn't good and uh, <laughs> yikes! The, the hunch was correct, you know, within a few days I got home and started getting the symptoms and uh, I, I think it was from uh, my trip to Massachusetts and possibly her, good chance it was her.
0: Yeah yeah um what were the symptoms like what did it what did it feel like
1: uh i think days two through five when i came back i had um like a mild headache maybe maybe a little bit of uh pain in my lymph nodes i i was really tired yeah i was i was, i was getting off of work and uh, i work from from my home office when I'm not traveling out in the field i was taking two three hour naps after work mm and that's not right, you know, given the good night's sleep I typically get, yeah, you know? so you know that was I, I I felt like I was fighting something, you know, and after day five, I was kind of asymptomatic for about another week, and then day twelve or thirteen came along, and i got a I got a low grade fever really fast within within three hours after I noticed I had a low grade fever, I had kind of a high grade fever. Mm-hmm. and uh that, and and that was you know along with the headache the 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 chest pressure the cu- dry cough um the just aches and pains chills sweats yeah um and did... didn't sleep at all didn't sleep at all that night i was a little worried
0: yeah did you get tested i did yeah how did that go what what was that process like
1: <clears throat> my primary care provider they uh, they offered to meet me on the parking lot because that's what they're doing. And um, they, they said they didn't have enough tests for everybody. So they did a flu swab. I was negative for the flu. I got back home. And, you know, my girlfriend works for the county, and she's an essential employee who's uh, in contact with a lot of vulnerable adults. Mm. And so since she had been in contact with me and I have – had a pretty bad fever at that point, they told her to stay home for observation. And then the health department reached out to me um, because they didn't want this getting out to the vulnerable populations, you know, that she right. works with. Yeah. So they reached out to, they reached out to me. <clears throat> I got my test back. They say, hey, first of all, they stick something in your nose and it goes all the way to the back of your throat almost. I mean, Ooh. It's, it's like as long as an ink pen probably, but it's real skinny. And uh, they they spin it around; it'll you know, uh, make your eyes water. And then eight days later, it came back positive.
0: And at that, by the time you got the positive result, you were—that's pretty far into the illness. Then I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, by the time I got the positive, I was probably day nineteen or twenty after landing, you know, from Boston. So yeah, yeah. there's a, definitely a delay. There's a backlog. Um, I think LabCorp is handling. Um, the the samples at this one particular urgent care place I went to. So
0: yeah, and you you there kind of ticked one. off all the boxes to get a test, I guess, because you'd been <clears kept> traveling, <throat> you'd been in contact with someone who was sick, you'd were running a fever, and all that stuff. So
1: right, yeah, but you know, even though I checked off all the boxes from my primary care provider appointment, they just didn't have enough tests. Yeah, and there's still there's still not enough tests. And the only way you'll get a test, according to that doctor was, you know, we need to see you in critical care going to the hospital and we need to make sure if you're going to the hospital, everybody knows you're coming so we can make preparations, but you're not critical. You're just, you're just really sick. So, um, take some Tylenol. So
0: <laughs> how did you, what, how long did it take you from the time you started that you saw your primary care physician to getting that test? How many days was that?
1: It was by the end of the day. By
0: the actually. end of the day? Yeah, you were able yeah. to get somewhere pretty quickly? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But it it wasn't coming from your primary care physician. They sent you somewhere else?
1: No, they only had a handful of tests. Yeah. And understandably, you know, they they don't want somebody who's in critical condition going into the hospital who's infected and then kind of infecting that whole population. So I, I understand the need, the ration, and there's no frustration with them. Yeah, um, It's just... It's just the frustration of knowing since january that this was such a big um hot topic and so uh you know so consequential to just uh dismiss it all the way up to the beginning of march you know it's just highly uh right you know it just falls in line with all the other crap that you know we've been hearing
0: yeah does this does how is this changing how you're you're working has this changed your job at all? Is this going to change the way you're able to do your job?
1: Yeah, I I was the the first. And as, as far as I know about the only employee at our company who has it and somebody had to go first, we've adopted a whole new set of operating procedures, which minimize our contact with the, the, the housing communities and the hospitals. And we're actually postponing a lot of the physical inspections we do and trying to do as much research as we can as much uh, as much as we can on the applications without actually visiting the site and then kind of keeping them on the back burner to where, you know, when the risk has subsided, some we'll be able to actually get out and um, try to get back to business um, in a more, you know, usual way than we're doing right now yeah i could be unemployed soon you know who knows right you know all of our all of our uh paperwork goes through hud and washington and they still hadn't backed down on the you know the inspection density requirements um so it's kind of throwing a wrench in the industry uh, momentum presently so it, it'll be interesting to see um how this affects everybody. So,
0: right, yeah. Are you wary of traveling again? Are you wary of having to to get back out there?
1: I feel like I probably have some immunity. Yeah, and you know, moving moving forward, I'm not so concerned about myself. It's just the people who are more vulnerable, the people who, you know, like a typical a typical inspection for me involves knocking on, you know, entering. 25 percent of the dwelling units in a high-rise building or an apartment complex or at a hospital obviously we're not inspecting hospitals right now just imagine it you knock on the door um nobody answers so you're with you with you know you're with the property manager or the maintenance guy you open the front door so you've already touched the doorknob right and you're making your way through a dark apartment yeah and and you touch all the doorknobs, all the light switches. So what if somebody else has it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And even though I don't have it and I'm recovered from it and have immunity, what if I'm spreading it from one apartment to the other? What you if know? you're it's passing it? Of, yeah. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night right there. It's not necessarily um, what's going to happen with me. I feel like I've gotten through it and developed some immunity, but it's just the the unknowns, you know?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Did your girlfriend show any symptoms when, when, during all this?
1: No. And, and right before I got my fever, she came home from work, usual hug and a kiss, and so I, I think she was definitely in my face, you know, when I was starting to get my high fever. She's been totally asymptomatic.
0: Hmm. But she's had to quarantine as well.
1: She has. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's the scariest part about all this to me is that it's just so you could be carrying it and just have no idea, you know?
1: I know. There's a lot of frustration I'm seeing too about a lot of people who um, just want to get back to business as usual. Um, and, um, you know, I, I guess they're thinking the, the momentum that's gotten killed in the economy and the fact that people are out of work now and... People hate sitting home so much. I kind of think that them kind of getting their life back to full speed is more important than um protecting some of the most vulnerable residents in this nation who are greatly out of sight from their daily lives yeah <clears throat> yeah i just i just I just talked to one of my sites up in New York City like I work up in New York a lot mm-hmm. and uh and they have a they have a property there it's probably got seven or eight high rise buildings they're all on one city block probably 1500 residents live there it's kind of near brooklyn yeah he said he said over the over the last few weeks he said every few days a few people at our property die wow it just puts it in their perspective you know if you're not in new york if you're not in boston you're really not and you're not connected with you know that population of people you're really probably itching to get back to work and to life as usual however it's it's just so unfortunate that you know these people are uh most at risk
0: yeah the most vulnerable are also now even more vulnerable yeah right what when you had it it didn't Because, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, this is just, it's just like the flu. Did it feel like the flu? Was it a lot worse? Was it, were you scared? Was it, was it a, a, a much more severe illness? What did it feel like?
1: It, it felt a lot like the flu. If you're trying to, you know, draw an analogy, I think that's pretty accurate. However... The couple times I've had flu as an adult, the, the fever usually subsides after about 24 hours, you know? Yeah. For me, this was like a four or five day fever. And three of those days were kind of high, you know, 101 and a half probably. Yeah. I was changing clothes constantly, just sweaty, you know? Yeah.
0: And breathing um, problems on top of that?
1: Dry cough in the beginning, um, my fever subsided on the last day, you know, that I had a fever, and I thought that I was getting better. I was still pretty worn, worn out, but the flu, the, the fever was gone. I was feeling better for about 24 hours, and then like the next wave hit, and it was upper respiratory um, symptoms, and it went from a dry cough in my lungs to like a full-on upper respiratory drainage into my lungs. I'm still coughing, you know. Yeah, it's, it's been a couple, so.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so how long until you're able to, to leave quarantine? What, what are, what are they saying about that?
1: I was, I was released from mandatory isolation from the health department about a week ago. Oh, wow. And that's about when I started back to work. Yeah. But I've been working from home, so I'm not really, you know, uh, I feel a risk. Yeah. To the public, but, um, Yeah, according to the CDC guidelines they released me. Yeah. Which I kind of felt was a little too soon. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, because you just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. If it's still crawling around on the back of your throat or living in your nose. Who knows, you know?
0: Yeah. Has Has that kept you more quarantined even though you're not nervous about getting it yourself?
1: Just out of... I think it's just the best thing to do for other people is just stay at home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not worried. about. I'm not so worried about myself anymore. I think I've um, turned a corner on it. The...
0: That is like my biggest fear is transferring it, not getting it, you know?
1: <laughs> well, that that's, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I transferred it. I know at least two people who've come down with it.
0: Oh, really? How do you – and you know that, that it was – from you you think
1: absolutely yeah my mom came down my mom came down with the uh the classic symptoms exactly five days after she visited me
0: oh my god how's she doing
1: she's she's better She still got the cough yeah. a lot worse than i do a lot worse than i do but she's a lot better and then she gave it to her friend um you know you know she was she came up to visit Back in uh, back in March, after I got back from Boston, and this is when I was asymptomatic, and right when the social distancing thing was just starting to make the news, just a little bit. And I yeah. told her ahead of time, I told her ahead of time, I just realized that I was in Boston, mom, and, and, and there was this cluster of uh, coronavirus in the city, and I just sat next to somebody on the plane who was highly suspect, and... I wouldn't come to see me. Yeah. But I'll leave it up to you, you know, and lo- and you know, and you do stupid things for people you love, you know. You don't always, you don't always listen to right. your head, you know, and and, and and your decisions are not always reasonable, you know. They're just kind of, you know, guided more by your heart instead of your head. And I kind of wish that would have been a little more firm because I feel really bad. She got really sick, by the way. So. Oh man, that's that's rough. So And so the funny thing that happened about all this was uh, here's how she got over the coronavirus. She called me up recently, and she was crying, just absolutely destroyed. And I thought that the person she gave it to ended up in the hospital or maybe something really bad happened. Well, she told me that there's a snake in my living room. And I call the exterminator to come get the snake, but they won't come in the house because I've got the coronavirus.
0: Oh, my God. So
1: she she forgot all about the coronavirus, and all she can think about is the snake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you get the snake out of the house?
1: No, I drove all the way down. You know, I grew up like an hour and a half from here. I, I drove down... I got to her house like 1130 at night. I looked for that snake for hours. Oh my
0: God.
1: I looked in every closet under every couch cushion, every pillow, <laughs> the comforters, the coats. And she she forgot all about the coronavirus and she can't like get the snake out of her mind. You know? oh so, so maybe maybe if there's any hope. Find a snake. <laughs>
0: Find a snake and cho- and shock yourself <laughs> back to help. <home. laughs> oh, that's that's ridiculous. And then they never figured out what to do about the snake. They never got the snake out.
1: Hey, the snake is MIA in her house somewhere. <laughs> oh, gosh. I looked. I had a canoe paddle, John. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> I was ready to just like kind of. Pin it down and grab it by the back of the neck, you know, like I did when I was a kid. Yeah, and uh, I was going to throw it out the front, but we just we just can't find it. Do you? Does she know what kind of snake it was? (laughs) She said it was about sixteen inches long. It was brown. Um, you know, could be could be anything. Yeah, could be a copperhead.
0: Who knows? Oh, that's scary. That's very scary. Being quarantined with a snake.
1: Yeah, and and you know, exterminator can't come in. Because she's, she's got the, the COVID.
0: Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. What have you, what have you learned from all this? What have we, what, what are we, how do you feel about the
1: experience? (laughs) What have we learned? (laughs)
0: What have we learned here?
1: I think we, I think we knew that a pandemic like this was possible, right? Doesn't everybody know that these things come in cycles and, and they're just catastrophic globally. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had one. Yeah. But what have I learned? I mean, I think we got the, the worst possible scenario when it comes to, uh, you know, an administration that doesn't even, um, believe that these pandemics happen and then pretends like it's under control when it does happen. And obviously I can tell you, you can't get a test, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And looking at the White House interview 30 minutes ago, he was saying, we got tests. We got tests. And, you know, it's not true. It's yeah. way bigger than it's way bigger than the numbers you're seeing.
0: Stacy Moore is a native of Western North Carolina and a survivor of the coronavirus. He told us he'll keep us up to date on that snake in his mom's house. I can't even imagine. For more information about diagnosis of COVID-19 and whether your symptoms might qualify for a test, just head to the CDC's webpage, cdc.gov. Home Friday is a production of Dirty Spoon Media. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and I'm the editor-in-chief. I produce the show and write and record our interstitial music. Catherine Campbell is our editor-at-large, handles our website and marketing, and keeps things running around here. To listen to back episodes of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, head to our webpage, dirty-spoon.com. There you can catch up on the show, check out our artwork, and support us through our Patreon. For more Home Fried, just search for the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. We'll be bringing you new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, with occasional shows on Saturdays. And be sure to check out new episodes of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour the first Friday of every month, at 5 p.m. on WPVM Asheville 103.7. Always bringing you stories from the people who shape what we consume on the Dirty Spoon.